Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. You're very welcome to the show. Great to have you with us again this afternoon. Hope you had a lovely weekend. My God. It never was so nice, was it, in a long, long time. It was just beautiful the weekend and thank God for the good weather. Long may it continue. Just watching the forecast there with Audrey McGrath the TV as we came on. Looking good, perhaps with a little cloud for the next few days. I see next weekend there could be a spot of moisture, still temperatures staying high. But anyway, we'll enjoy it while it's last. It hasn't rained since the 15th of May. Isn't that a great old run? By God, we deserved it when you think what it's been like from last October nearly up until then. It was really awful weather. But anyway, great weekend. Everyone in good spirits, looking well and enjoying the barbecues in the back garden, etc. Keep them going, folks. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you'd like to join me on the show this afternoon. If you have anything to say, coming up a little later on. We're going to tell you about this. This is a, a, a new twist on scams. Actually, so genuine from a bank that you won't believe it. It would be quite easy to fall for it. We're going to hear about that later on in the show. Uh, we're talking hedge cutting and using peat-free compost and gardening in a new way, of course, with Nikki Kyle. Uh, and Steph Green is with us. The exams imminent tomorrow for students, uh, junior cert and leaving cert, managing the stress that comes with exams in a a different type of way. Steph is joining us after two on the show. But first off today, after the bank holiday weekend, thank God, I don't think there were fatalities. I've been watching the news over, over the weekend. But my God, when you look at the stats, uh, as of the 1st of June, there were 77 deaths on the road compared to 64 at the end of May last year. So it's up. We're going to talk about it for the next while but with a very good friend of ours and a man who knows all about road safety from many perspectives. He's the Mead Road Safety Officer, Mick Finnegan, and he's on the line. Afternoon, Mick. Good afternoon, Jerry. Good to hear from you, Jerry. And good to hear from you too. I do keep a good eye the weekend and I pray that everyone will come safe on the roads and I think it was a reasonable bank holiday on the roads, Mick. Well, it was wonderful that there was little or no acts. There were some accidents, but I don't think there were any fatalities. Yes. And I'd say, you know, that's probably a record for a bank holiday weekend, which is, it's brilliant news. Now, they're up, when I mentioned the stats there, 77 compared to 64 last year. In a general sense, when we look back a couple of decades, they're well down for sure. But as I always said to you, Mick, one death is, is, is too many. What what's happened this year? Can you put your finger on on why the fatalities are up this year? It's the 
difficult to know. It's, it is difficult to know, Jerry, why they're up. In, in Mead, if we talk about Mead, mm. we're actually not too bad in Mead. We're, certainly we don't want any accidents. We have five fatalities to date in Mead this year against six last year. But that's five too many. And every accident we assess them with in conjunction with the guards, and the vast majority of them should never have happened. Uh, there's, I just don't know. People are, are a bit heedless on the road. Going back to the common cause of every one of them that I know of, with very, very few exceptions, you're know, going back to the basics of speeding is number one still. <clears throat> Without a doubt, speeding is number one, followed by alcohol, uh, using alcohol and driving, and drugs is coming into the equation now as well with people. And the use of mobile phones, of course, handheld mobile phones, and the non-wearing seatbelts. And if people were to stick to them four basic things, I would guarantee you that the accidents would come down. But uh, speeding is a problem and a very, very major problem all over the country. I don't think anyone would disagree with you, Mick. It, it, it is the number one. Speed is the number one when it comes to accidents. And really, Mick, you know, the advertising campaigns, the messages you on talking with me from time to time, etc. We're banging home this message to take our handy, slow down, take the foot off the pedal. But yet still, Mick, people, what is it that, that the message... Can you do any more to get the I, message across I on speeding? The message is being sent out by every agency. The Road Safety Authority are hammering it home all the time, as are the guards, as are the county councils. But there's a certain element out there that are just going fast and they will not obey speed limits. And, you know, I've seen it. I drive a lot. I've seen guys passing me at speed and... For go a half a mile up the road, the car in front of you because I've stopped at traffic works or something yep. like that, at a road work, something like that. They're making no headway, really, but there's an element there of speeding that just has to be, oh, please, God, we'll, be, we'll, we'll stop. Do you know in and around urban areas, Mick, where, you know, uh, the speed limits are low, and rightly so with schools yeah. and families walking and cycling, etc., do you think like there can be another look at that as regards, you know, speed ramps, etc. Speed ramps, I find, are something that certainly are a help. They slow people down. What about that whole area of even looking at putting more slowdown mechanisms in the ground and in place? Well, it's speed ramps, certainly if I talk about me, that I think Loud is the same and the North East is the same. Speed ramps are being put in, mm. particularly in housing estates, in vicinity of schools. Uh, speeding was a major problem, say, outside schools. And uh, despite all the signage, all the road markings, school wardens being, being afraid being on the road, really, uh, it took ramps to slow them down, which is a sad reflection on society, really, that you have to put in ramps. But ramps do work, and I know uh, in relation to county councils in the northeast that ramps are certainly on the agenda for uh, to be placed on a number of other locations, uh, both at schools, uh, housing estates, and to slow down speed generally approaching dangerous junctions, that type of thing. Yeah, and of course the Gardaí do set up checkpoints, they have regular haunts and that that's an important part of it as well, you know, in deterring people. The vans, the speed vans, Mick? The speed vans, the, the Go Safe vans are out there. Uh, they're, they're all doing, and they're getting a lot of detections. Now, there was, a, there was a slight improvement last year when the fines were increased and the penalty fines were increased, but that seems to have worn off again. And uh, I think 
It's, you know, probably more enforcement needed because the guards are doing their best, but they're short of, of they're definitely short on numbers mm. at the present time. And um, the road safety authority, the speed vans are out. Um, well, in Mead, we, there's very few days that you won't see them somewhere along there. They're definitely getting a lot of detections, but it still doesn't seem to uh, have the desired effect on a lot of people. The distraction of the phone, you mentioned it yourself there a moment ago. Yeah. Now, most cars today have, have a hands-free element of it and you, you can you can natter away on the phone, even though I suppose that takes away an element of your uh, concentration too. But yeah. there really isn't an excuse now for holding a phone and driving along, is there? No, and with the the, the, uh, the apparatus in with the, the Bluetooth, there's no problem in using the phone at the present time, although the indications are that that may change in the next couple of years on a European level. Mm. But at the present time, the offence is the handheld mobile phone and it's going on constantly. And you know the old saying and the old ad, you can't concentrate on two things at the same time. I know from from facts that a lot of the accidents that occur, a lot of the serious injuries and a lot of the fatalities, that phones are being used when these collisions occurred. And more than likely, they may not have occurred if the phones weren't being used. But we would ask and plead with people to put these bloody phones away while they're driving. Our Louise just mentioned to me about tractors and uh, slow drivers who don't pull in. And I was, you know, it's a very good point to make as well that drivers and lines of traffic behind get frustrated. Should there not be, you know, an awareness of people of driving slow or heavy vehicles that from time to time they might look at a spot they could pull in and relieve that frustration behind them? Yeah, I agree with you entirely. I agree entirely with what you're saying. Now, I have to say, in fairness, the vast majority of them will pull in, yeah. but you will get the occasional the occasional driver who will travel for miles with a row of cars behind, and it does cause a certain amount of road rage. But the vast majority of them will pull in, but there are a number of them out there will not give way, will not pull in. And it is it is very annoying and it's just frustrating for drivers. And I would ask them, any of them that's listening, to please pull in when traffic builds up behind them. I think you more or less, well, hope I'm hoping about this, that with seatbelts, most people understand now the vast, vast majority. I'd never get into a car myself ever, ever, ever without putting a belt on. And I think that's that's been hammered home. Uh, drink driving, like for the majority as well, there are the exceptions, Mick, all right. But I think you're winning there on, on those two in particular. Well, it has on the majority of people, although I know from Garda statistics that uh, there, there is a worry about drunk driving again, uh, where the number mm. of drunk driving detections are up. Uh, mobile, or sorry, the seatbelts, by and large, are used but with a few exceptions. There have been accidents that happened, uh, there have been injuries and there have been fatalities, actually, that I'm aware of in the last couple of years where... Uh, seatbelts played a part in that so uh, anyone that's not wearing a seatbelt you know it's it's crazy but the drunk driving is not gone away actually mm. but there is there is a concern about it okay. as it is back on the, on the agenda again mm. uh, NCT you know every car has to be NCT now of an age that's to be welcomed and that was a, a huge step for us in the country uh, less unworthy vehicles on the road Mick yeah, there there are some of them there, and of course the delay in, in getting the NCT is not uh, helping the situation either. But uh, there are some uh, 
cars on the road which really shouldn't be on it. Uh, we're talking particularly about cars that's not being submitted for NCC tests. Uh, bangers, for want of a better name, being bought and being driven on the road. I know there's quite a number of them being seized throughout the, the country, um, but they are still there and um, they are a danger to everybody, not alone the people that's in them to any, but other road users meeting them, they are a danger to everybody. The whole testing system you mentioned there, the number plates, you know, that you must keep, the L and the N's and the R's, etc., up until a time, all good as well and positive. And yeah. once they're, you know, once people abide by those, you'd have to say they're helpful. Of course they're right. absolutely helpful. Absolutely they're helpful, you know. They are helpful, yeah. Jerry, there's just one thing that might be worth the interest in, uh, of interest in relation to the fatalities, uh, both nationally and, and locally, but the number of serious injuries is a major concern as well. And I'll just give you a very brief idea that if you take in 2021, there were 137 fatalities on the roads in Ireland, but there was 1,342 serious injuries recorded. Last year, there were 156 people killed on the roads and there were 1,292 serious injuries wow. recorded. And some of them serious injuries are really serious injuries. Some of them are life-changing injuries sustained by people. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's something that's not in, in the limelight as much as fatalities, but serious injuries is a huge problem. So, you know, people may not lose their lives in accidents, but their lives may be changed forever. Maybe change, and it, I'm aware of cases, and you're, I'm sure, aware of cases where people's lives have changed forever as a result of uh, uh, traffic accidents. Where mm-hmm. there might be no one killed, but serious injuries really are what to say on the on the tin in a lot of cases. They are serious and are life changing injuries for a lot of people. And that's a point to bear in mind too. Life may not be lost, but life changed. The other thing, make to look ahead to is the Slane concert this weekend. Harry Styles is the star. It's a sellout. There's going to be a lot of traffic in the area and the greater area. So it's a time, another weekend to really take care on the roads. Lots of people walking and as well. It is, Jerry, and I'm delighted you mentioned that because uh, there will be a lot of people uh, walking possibly on Friday night, but certainly on Saturday night. And I would appeal to uh, drivers locally and those coming into the area to be aware of those people. A lot of young people were travelling to Slane for the weekend and some of these may be outside lighted areas leaving, coming to the concert on Friday night possibly, but certainly leaving the concert on Saturday night. And I would ask people to be very, very aware of these young people on the roads. Uh, They'll be looking for buses, they'll be looking for cars, uh, and some of them won't. Historically, they might be on the wrong roads altogether because they're coming from all over the country. As regards traffic, there will certainly be traffic disruptions because I suspect that there'll be more cars there than ever before simply because the age profile of those attending is younger than ever before and a lot of them will be driven there by parents and guardians and type of thing. So there will be a lot of traffic, there will be disruption, but hopefully there's a very good traffic plan put in place by the guards and by MCD and hopefully everything will go well. Everyone will get there, enjoy the concert and get out of there and get home safely. Well said, Mick, and that's what we wish for next weekend, a safe and happy and enjoyable weekend for all concerned. Mick, I appreciate you joining me as always. Thanks so much.
Thank you very much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Thank bye you bye. Very, That's Mick you. Finnegan there, me, the road safety officer, reflecting on the numbers up so far this year. I think the big message is don't use the phone in the car and please do slow down. And they're the big messages from Mick this afternoon and more besides. John was on to say, what about joggers jogging towards you in the sun when you're driving with no high vis on? Very dangerous on the road, says John. That is another point as well with the low sun and all the sunshine at this time of the year. Visibility and being visible is very important at any time of the day, especially evening times. Louise, were you watching Britain's Got Talent? The final. Did you see it? I saw some of it. I went and switched on just after our local boy. All oh, right, and uh, you didn't actually see his performance. No. It was just after, but you saw the whole finale and that, did yeah. you? Of it and the result, yeah. etc. He was third. He did mm. so well, didn't he? Brilliantly, I, I, brilliantly, especially for uh, a young lad who could only get a vote in Britain. We couldn't vote for him from mm. this side of the Irish yep. Sea, which was a big, big problem, you know, for him in terms of getting into the final three. I think he did really, really well. What about the winner, Vigo Venn? What about him? <laughs> Oh my God Almighty! Uh, high vis vests—you'll never oh, look. You'd be at them. great on a show like The Wiggles or something like that. <laughs> In the same light but again. No. <laughs> Do you know the first night he was on? I just happened to be watching, and he got a a, a red X from Simon Cowell. Good man, Simon. No, but the other three put him through, mm. and eventually he turned Cowell round by the final, and. I'd say he won in a landslide. I'd say now maybe it was closer than we think. I think it was. Uh, did I read that um, Killian from Meath, who's the magician, got something like eleven and a half? I think it was in around eleven, eleven and a half percent of the votes. Yes. And the the next girl got a thirteen, and I think your man got up to about twenty. Now I'm just going off the top of my head yeah. here, but I read somewhere I think it was in around the twenty percent mark mm. of the votes. Mm. So he did win by he a large by majority a bit, yeah, because the vote was spread out across the others as yeah. well. Yeah, he he won by a, a big amount. He was different. He was unique. He mm. was entertaining. To mm. be honest with you, that's what I thought about him. I wasn't surprised he won it. I just thought this thing took off with the high vis vest. I think he was a bit of fun. Mm. Definitely. And he was very light hearted. Yes. Um, and I think the the Italian judge put it, he was comic genius. Yeah. And I can see that. But I just think for such a big show like that, I just didn't, I don't get it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't get him winning. <laughs> I think that's why you won. He was fun. No, when you look at the likes of Killian and his talent, and I know. even how it brought, oh no, I just no. I know, but <laughs> but every, every, everyone's got talent, and and it, you know, it makes a change from dance troops, and dance troops are wonderful. I know, and they're fantastic, and they really entertain. And there was a number of them in the final shake-up as well. But there you go, it's uh, over for another season. Did you start with your next project, Love Island tonight? Oh, right, okay. So you're going to watch it, are you? I am going to watch it, yeah. Okay, well, I'll have to. You'll be my correspondent. Are you, not, are you not watching it tonight? I don't know whether to go. I did it once last year. Yeah. Girl. Come on, we're getting used to you saying tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> go and watch it just once or else wait for a few few days and yeah, then till they get into it and then see. I'll see what the evenings bring. I might just I might just have a peek with one eye. Do you know what I mean? Just to keep an eye on you can keep <laughs> With one eye, eye so on you're it. watching the girls, not the fellas. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and it's the truth. <laughs> anyway, big congratulations to Alex Maguire, the wonderful, talented golfer from Bennystown Golf Club, who is uh, in college in America and doing great. 
he retained the East of Ireland Golf Championship yesterday. He won it last year, retained it yesterday in a playoff. Wonderful achievement to win two mm. in a row of the East of Ireland, one of the top amateur events in the country. Well done, Alex. Congratulations to you. And may you have more success this summer and beyond. He's a wonderful golfer, this fellow. Uh, I can tell you, Louise, he's brilliant. Right. Yeah, he really is brilliant. How old is he? Is he? Oh, he's only a youngster. He's at college okay. in the States. You know what I mean? He's in his teens at the minute, but he's uh, maybe he's gone by the teens, but I, th- I reckon he's around that anyway. And uh, But he's a, oh, he's he's a talent. Him. He's a real talent, this fellow. And please God, someday we'll see him compete with the tops in the world in the pro game. Chatting to Mick Finnegan, top of the show about road safety. Uh, a listener on to say, Jerry, there's another danger you didn't mention in cars. It's the amount of people drinking coffee while driving. It is dangerous and in my opinion as dangerous as mobile phones. Thanks indeed for that comment of the show this afternoon. Harry Styles is in Slane this weekend. Yes, he's at the big concert in Slane Castle. He's the headline act this Saturday and we have the hottest tickets in town to give away here on LMFM Radio. To win the tickets, we're looking for a Harry Styles mega fan. And if you want to win them, you head over to LMFM's Instagram page now and you'll find all the details of how to enter. And it could be you winning those tickets, the hottest tickets in town. And uh, Harry Styles, well, the hits keep coming. His new track, Satellite, is out now and you will hear it played here on LMFM over the coming days, weeks and months. That's for sure. So uh, the Instagram page or LMFM Instagram page to win tickets for Harry Styles of the someone in your life or family who'd love to go. Well, here's the chance if they haven't got tickets. Now, the state exams begin tomorrow and I want to wish today all of the students sitting there, junior and leaving certs, the very, very best of luck. And it is a stressful time for all concerned, for parents, people looking after young people, but for the people sitting the exams themselves, the boys and girls, it's a tough, tough time. We're going to talk about managing that time for the next while with Steph Green from naturedays.ie. Afternoon, Steph. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Good to talk to you again. Now, you take sort of a different tack on this. And actually, it segues lovely with the beautiful weather we're having at the moment. You yeah. believe the outdoors and sunshine, etc. You need to get as much of it as you can over the next few weeks if you're sitting the exams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I suppose at, at this stage... It's about resilience and um, getting through the next couple of weeks because no matter what avenue or what uh, roadmap the students have taken to get to this point, and some parents will be pulling out their hair saying, why isn't my kids studying enough? And others will be stressing that their child, or their, their student cannot get away from the desk. Uh, and there'll be lots of people in between. Uh, nature shows us one thing and it's resilience and it's stamina. And uh, they're all going to need resilience and stamina over the next couple of weeks. So to be able to tap into what nature has to give us and the outdoors has to give us in, in our ability to recharge and reset ourselves, uh, let one exam go and, the, and prepare for the next one. It's a really important life lesson, not just for exams, but for life in general. You know, this week, the, you know, the, the, the young people in Ireland are, are facing exams, their state exams. But the following week might be, you know, a county final or a music exam. Them. It could be an interview for a summer job. It could be, you know, somebody's gone off to summer for the summer and they have to make new friends and you know push themselves out into the world. So it's actually so important for life in general, for us as adults and young people. And, and I do think that the outdoors is a big role to play. 
getting to this point and you know getting um, the students to study and sit of the books is, is a tough task in itself. But now it's a case of getting them through the books or getting them through the exams, you know, in in the most positive way possible. And I think that's what the HJ is trying to do now is to show the the students and the, the teachers and the and the parents as well, you know, how we can navigate the next couple of weeks in the best way forward, you know, best way possible. Sunshine produces this hormone called serotonin, and this is a yeah. magical hormone, isn't it? In terms of helping the body and the mind. Absolutely, and I mean, in actual fact, a lot, even and even when it comes to sleep, I'm going to get into those things in, in later because I've put together five top tips, uh, the nature days that I eat tips for getting through your exams for now these students. Um, it, it, people think, oh gosh, I need a lot of you know darkness to get to sleep, but actually just as important for your sleep patterns and your circadian rhythms and how our bodies um, naturally create sleep, sleep patterns is uh, direct exposure to sunlight and it seems kind of contra- uh, you know, uh, uh, intuitive in some ways but if you want to sleep well at night you need to be getting out into direct daylight and not just sitting into, under your you know, fake lights inside in your building and your, where you're studying or for a thousand or workplaces and um, so it's really important it's really important for vitamin D for immune system actually you know the, the, the sunlight promotes uh, healthy eyes and uh, our, our eyesight even as we get older so it has so many important things uh, for us on a physical a physiological level and actually just in our, in our well-being, our mood, and how we are mentally, um, and so that's how I kind of came across, came and put this uh, five steps together, five okay. tips for for the exam students, because nature really, it fundamentally, it's a powerful ally to us. It helps us to de-stress, have more energy, um, helps us to have mental clarity and better concentration, and and that's just really important. This nugget of just feeling positive in yourself and about the day ahead. Okay, it's really so important that you have that when you face into your exams every morning. Of course. Now let's run through these five tips yeah. for you. Start with number one. Yeah, so the, the first one is going to be something that is covered a lot in schools anyway, and that's to have a plan. And really taps into something fundamental in nature, which is that there's very few accidents. Everything has purpose, everything has a place and an overall plan, the overall web of life, even though we mightn't realise what that we plan for that little insect is or that little organism. Um, and the same applies to our lives. So there's three levels of plan, I, I think, that, you know, and lots of this will be covered in schools anyway, is to make a plan around the exam weeks themselves. And that will be knowing your timetable. And in, in the moment, that building in some time to recharge and relax because this is about learning how to work smarter uh, not harder you know Terry I think we'd all mm. be guilty of grinding away but not necessarily pushing the, the, the stone uphill when instead of kind of using gravity and, and using nature and the outdoors to recharge our minds to increase our concentration levels and refocus is important so when you're, when you're building the plan around your, the weeks of the exams build in that time to recharge outside kick that ball you know dump that basketball, meet your friends, walk the dog because actually when you go back to do your study after that again, you'll have a little bit more oomph in your in your in what you're taking into your brain and, and how you can approach your studies. And the second plan is going to be a plan for the papers themselves. That'll be covered a lot in schools um, and, and really yeah. just taking the time to work smarter with your papers, looking where the marks are and reading the words in that exam in the question because it'll tell you exactly what it's looking for. And you know, I know I was guilty of a cherry. I I you know my mind would I'd speed read through that question. And, and I fundamentally miss one particular word, even because because our minds can jump to conclusions and make assumptions by speed reading. So you know, really slowing yourself down to really pay attention to what you're being asked for in that exam to get the maximum marks. And then in your pre-exam plan would be to have a little simple check.
checklist which is listing the eight or ten things that you know you want to have when you're sitting at that exam table which is you know your bottle of water and all your pens and different bits of equipment maybe you know a snack your tissues you know inhaler whatever things you need on a daily basis make sure you have them to hand so you're not building in any extra stresses because you're just left that little bit unprepared you know excellent um, so that's the first step. The second thing really then surrounds it taking time to de-stress and unwind. Now, there'll be parents out listening to this going, my child has no problem de-stressing and unwinding. It's the opposite. And I suppose at this stage of the game, you're not into, you're, you're, you're past that point. You're talking about now trying to keep them motivated, keeping them positive and getting them through these few weeks so that they have some kind of a positive experience coming out of it and can build bring it into the future with them. So what you're learning about when they're doing their junior sort of leave sort of exams and what they're learning about life is that it's a marathon and not a sprint. So cramming and eating the junk food will get you so far but it won't get you through three weeks of hard exams and, and the mental fatigue that will come with that. So nature teaches resilience and stamina by the bucket loads and so we're going to try and use that tap into nature to try and help maintain resilience and maintain stamina over the next uh, few weeks. Good. So, so in the day before if you're finding you know if you have a as a person we look at ourselves and we might look back over exam period time and, and think what kind of a person was some people need a bit of pressure other people like to be ahead of the game and lots in between and if you find yourself nervous um, and you think that's going to kind of hold you back in some way because ultimately what, we're, what the students are going to learn about all of this is how do I get the most of it myself you know that's all you know the exams will come and go but for the life lesson is how can I get the most out of myself with this opportunities in front of you so there's lots of little mindfulness and short meditations on YouTube maybe three, four, five minutes mindfulness meditations so a lot of them with nature kind of um, themes and they're a nice little tool to have in your toolbox if you're feeling nervous to kind of play it every day at some stage during the day as you unwind and to keep yourself with those positive messages in your mind and uh, remember that being nervous is very very natural it's, it, because there's uncertainty surrounding this it's new territory for lots of students especially with pandemics and everything you know this is the first major example yes. of students have actually had to come and, and face so they're, they're kind of facing the side of themselves and the personality they may, they may have never tapped into before so use the outdoors again it's a natural stress reliever it helps you to release stress and worry and a nice little tip is to walk barefoot on the grass you know connect to the clay or the sand or the soil and it helps to release some of that built up tension that can be in the body that nervous energy as well. Um, the night before the exam, try to be, you know, finishing up as early as you can in the after, in the evening and unwinding and getting outdoors and kicking the ball and doing all those things just to do a little bit of normal life for a while. Um, and the main thing, I suppose, lots of people will be talking about now getting a good night's sleep. I, I don't know about you, Jerry, but the minute I start to think about I need a good night's sleep, it's the last thing I'll have. So mm. I, I wouldn't overly focus on it, but I suppose the central part of your brain knows, look, and I'm not going to stay up until two tonight studying for this exam. I'm going to I'm going to trust myself that I've got enough done at this stage and I'm going to give myself a good chance to just follow my normal routine about getting to bed on time and, you know, at a decent enough hour and, you know, whatever it's reading a book or listening to music, watching something funny on TV tonight, watching some funny comedy and things like that, listening to my favourite music, having the banter with my friends. All that's really important because it's the most relaxed, the more relaxed um, the students are, the more they'll actually be able to release what they know and the potential that they have, you know. Great. And the, mor- the morning of the exam then, you know, obviously it's all the usual things, get up on time and fuel your body with that good healthy breakfast because you do need the fuel for your mind and body 
bring go through your exam checklist that we talked about um, have a little walk or stroll around if you have the time just to get outdoors and my big top tip is when you arrive at school is try to avoid the fuss, the fuss and the drama if you can you know everybody will be different and if you think that other people's nervous energy is going to impact on you in some way and make you nervous you know stay in your zone stay in your little bubble and if you have a friend or two you want to do a little walk around the school or, or down the lane or whatever it is but just stay in your bubble. It's, it's exams are the time about you. It's a time to focus on yourself and what's good for you. So, you know, remove yourself from the herd if that's something that's going to do you, do you good. Just join these exams or before the exam periods. And then in the evenings, like I say, kick back and relax because it's about resilience and it's about stamina and it's about learning that I have to let this go now somehow. And using the outdoors is a great way for us to actually take the distraction away from what we're doing indoors. And the nature is a way to capture our um, wonder and our awe and our imaginations in a way um, that it just happens actually organically and naturally. Mm. So just by going out and kicking ball and or, you know, walking the dog, going for a swim or cycle, it'll actually naturally detach us from what's happened during our day and so that we're better in a place to rest well that night and move on to the next yes. day. Yes, and you know, you know, all that points to, you know, not taking the pressure off, not staying up late, relax, yeah. d- reconnect with nature. Look, yeah. I have to leave it there today. Your Absolutely other tips very- are available and just give them the website. Absolutely. www.naturedays.ie and you can find us on the socials uh, Nature Days Ireland um, as well on Facebook and and Instagram. And I just want to wish all the the students the best of luck and the parents and the teachers the best of luck as well. Look at the hard work is done and it's a case now of just uh, tapping into your own potential and letting yourself yourself do it, which I'm sure they're well capable of. They will indeed. Fantastic advice. Thank you, Steph, for joining me today. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Steph Green there from naturedays.ie. Relax, take it easy, take the pressure off. It is a challenge, but you'll get through it. You will get through those exams, that's for sure. Short break on late lunch this Tuesday afternoon, and then it's time for You Know What. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd be number number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Yes, our two on Tuesday, this Tuesday afternoon, was a big number one in the United States. When I tell you that on the Billboard Hot 100, it outdid the Beatles because the Beatles, you see, were the only previous group to enter the charts in the USA outside the top 20 and then the next week go to number one. But this song did it in the States and it was simply huge over there. But unfortunately, in our neck of the woods, we look at the UK charts here every week, it didn't ascend to top spot. The highest it made was number two. And it is our two on Tuesday this Tuesday afternoon. It's Brandy and Monica. And do you remember it? The boy is mine. Andy and Monica, the boy is mine, are two and Tuesday on your late lunch. Spent 13 consecutive weeks 
top of the charts. The Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. Biggest selling single of 1998 with sales of four and a half million copies. Yet it couldn't make it to number one in the UK. Why? What blocked its way? Well, when I tell you, it was a group of Irish young ones kept it off top spot. Yes, the number one that prevented them making top in the UK. Here it is. It's Bewitched. Bewitched and C'est la vie, the number one that prevented our two on Tuesday, Brandy and Monica, the buy is mine, making it top of the UK charts. Well, Louise, your verdict today, please, A or B? Right one. I'd wear a high-vis uh, jacket and jump around in a balloon to that on stage. Bewitched. Vegas should have heard about that song. <laughs> so you said it worked out properly. Bewitched, yeah. the proper number one with the two the boy is mine. Imagine that was 13 weeks at number one what in the it? United States. It's it's a record holder over right. there. But for Bewitched, that was their debut single. Went straight in at number one, you know, straight to the number one spot. Not straight in, but became number one in the UK. And that was followed by, they had three more. The next three songs Bewitched released all went to number one in the UK. Do you remember them? Roller Coaster, to you, Rollercoaster. to you I Belong. And blame it on the weatherman. <laughs> I don't remember those ones. I know, blame it on the weatherman for sure. Don't blame it on the weatherman or women. They're not the ones that, you know, they just forecast and they go to the sides, etc. Anyway, that's um, a little less uh, extra that I shouldn't even have mentioned about weathermen or weatherwomen. That's Bewitched with number one uh, and three to follow. They were highly successful. And they're back. You know, they're out there again, relaunching their careers at the minute. Would you believe it? Bewitched. They, they sung it? They have a new song out, a new oh. album and everything. So they're reinventing themselves again all these years later. Yeah, they're back on the music scene for sure at the minute. And good luck to them with everything they do. Anyway, that's your two on Tuesday and the number one that prevented it. Making it to the very top on your late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. Now, up next on the show, we are introducing a new feature to LMFM Radio. It's called Hours to Protect. It's a new campaign uh, brought to you by the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. And I'll tell you more about it in a minute. Climate change, we all can and must play a part. A new series begins today here on Late Lunch and it'll be broadcast each Tuesday. There are 50 short features. It's called Hours to Protect and it comes from the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. Today on Late Lunch, in a few moments, we'll hear from Jennifer Lynch, loud conservation ranger about hedge cutting and why it's illegal at the moment. But first, our own Nikki Kyle talks to us about a new way of gardening and using peat-free compost. Ours to Protect, brought to you by LMFM, the IBI and funded by Comishun Namyon with a television licence fee. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more information. I can't believe I'm back with <laughs> Nikki Kyle in her wonderful gardens in the Nall. It's been such a long time. I think the last feature we did was 2019 Christmas before that pandemic broke out all over the world and I haven't been here since and I'm delighted to be back with her today. I'm like a child with a new toy. <laughs> Lovely to see you too, Jerry. I must say I've missed our, our, our little bits and pieces that we've been doing, you know, and it's great. I mean, I know it's lovely to talk on the phone, but it's not the same thing, you know. Mm. And I was dying for you to see this because I just, you know, thought this whole thing that I'm doing now is something which anyone could do. 
it doesn't matter how small a space you have you could do half of it you could do all of it and there's an awful lot of people now living in apartments and other places where they don't have any outside space apart from a path or maybe a balcony so I thought since I was doing this for myself because as you know at the moment I'm on sticks um, because I have an ankle problem um, I thought why not do it and, and do it like a balcony garden so it's really trial and error and we'll see how it goes. Nikki Kyle is just ingenious, that's all I'll say, <laughs> because she is restricted with movement at the moment. She is on stick, she is on a walk-up, but by God, nothing stops this woman gardening for sure. This is not a big space you're taking no, up No, no, it's it literally, you could fit all these onto uh, most normal balconies, or you could fit half of the arrangement here on or, uh, in a small balcony or on a path, because what they're actually sitting on, I have to tell people, are um, two old wooden sun lounges, which open out flat. So you can get two grow bags and two um, delivery box or, or containers beside the grow bag on each one. And they're literally, uh, you know, the, what the, 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 the trays they're sitting on are brilliant. Actually, I must, remember, um, must re- just mention these people. Dublin Indoor Gardening. They do these wonderful uh, Gardena, or I think they're Gardena, uh, plastic deep trays. So that stops mess. It stops any rain running out. Um, and if, you, if you've got them outside and you're in a, very, a place where it gets very wet, you could drill a hole in the corner. And actually, I got my son to do that a couple of weeks ago. Um, so the rain can drain out if it gets too wet. And you can put a cork in or a little plug in, like an earplug or something, you know, for when it's, uh, you know, you want to retain moisture. So you can... You can actually feed them and your feed isn't running away. They don't make a mess. They're absolutely brilliant. And it's so good for me because I can come along here and even if I end up having to have surgery for this damn thing, I can put a succession of stools and chairs along here every couple of feet and I can hop from one to the other and I can still do my gardening, (laughs) you know. So just to describe for listeners what you've done here. Oh, oh gosh, we go from one end to the other. On the left here, I've got uh, potatoes in a very large tub. Um, above them uh, they're actually on an old rollator which broke uh, when I broke my other ankle four years ago (laughs) the wheel came off you know one wheel on my wagon Uh, and so now I've got uh, herbs on the seat and potatoes underneath in a great big tub next to that I've got that lovely little pea we love delicate Uh, they're growing in an old delivery box now I have to say I didn't nick these I found these on the road at the apple green service station where a lorry had had, had gone a van had gone around too fast and left them on the side of the road and I thought well you know I've got to help tidy up the place because somebody might have an accident and if I don't do that somebody else will so next to that I have a homemade grow bag with uh, lettuce uh, and that actually is a lovely mix called um, red and green Batavia mix it's from Klaus Leitenberger uh, at greenvegetableseeds.com and they're a great mix because they, they're loose leaf you can pick the biggest leaves outside leaves every day um, and again a little bit further on we've got uh, more lettuce uh, they're interspersed with little gem which will I'm also picking a leaf at a time. You've created your own grow bags, but significantly 
the compost. Tell us about this again because White's Agri supplied this and it is superb. Oh, it's fantastic compost. Um, and the, the bags are lovely and big. People give out to me, oh, you shouldn't be telling people to use expensive compost. Peat compost is the most expensive because it's literally costing the earth. This is peat-free, organic, doesn't have any artificial fertilisers in because, again, artificial fertilisers cause a lot of climate change. It, you know, they're very, very polluting in their manufacture and spread on the land and actually half of them run off and, and, and go into the rivers and streams and pollute them. So, you know, I, I came up with this idea of actually making a homemade grow bag because I was seeing people using peat grow bags so much online and it makes me so angry. I got the idea last year and grew pumpkins in them for the first time. Pumpkins, huge things, which have a big root, need big root rooms. After the pumpkins came out, I grew winter lettuce all over the winter. Um, I've grown uh, mustard in since. So you see, folks, when you invest, it might be a little more expensive, but you get multiple, multiple uses out of it from season to season. You do. I mean, they're they're about 15 euros each, but they're huge bags of compost. Mm. And you don't trash them when you've used them. You know, you make two neat holes uh, in the top to grow things in. Uh, There's an article on my website which shows you exactly how to do that. And you can grow anything in them. And when you've grown a crop of something very hungry uh, in them, when you take that out, you leave the roots, cut it off the roots because the roots hold the, the, the compost together as well um, and just refresh it with a bit of worm compost which again costs you nothing to make I'm always telling people to, to make worm compost it's brilliant, it's like rocket fuel for plants uh, and you just endlessly keep recycling these bags and uh, you know, I can't see an end to them they're fantastic Klausmann, organic, peat free they do other composts but do ask for the organic peat-free one and immediately you're doing something to save the planet just by doing that then by growing something in them you're actually fixing carbon and by eating those things which you won't waste because you've grown them well yourself and you'll be very proud of them i can tell you then you know you won't be wasting food and food waste causes an awful lot of um, co2 emissions and you can keep reusing these bags and when you're fed up with looking at the bag you can go and fill a tub with it and grow something else like these potatoes here (laughs) besides and leeks actually as well which are growing in the middle (laughs) (laughs) potato and leek bedfellows there i see you have your basil split out your tip uh, you uh, gave us that wonderful tip buy the basil in the pots in the supermarkets and split it and make several plants from the one pot yeah it's it's actually a great way to do it i'm terribly lazy these days it takes so long from seed and it really works terribly well just split the supermarket pots and continuing along the benches here onto more of your grow bags do uh i spot courgettes over there and tomatoes Yes, I've got two courgette plants, a tina, you know, that lovely yellow one in that bag. Next to those, in uh, one of those delivery boxes, I've got a mascotka tomato. Lots of people have asked me if it does well outside, but no tomato does well outside in Ireland because of the rain, unless it's covered. But because that's a small bush, I can keep it covered with those cloche covers I've got there if it's raining. And then next to that, I've got a, a grow bag which is about to be opened and used up. Next to that, again, I've got different coloured chards. All is small, which we pick now. They're ready to pick now. They can be used in salads. They can be used in stir fries. Uh, they're, they're absolutely brilliant. And those delivery boxes, I say, you can grow in anything. But the better depth of compost you have in them, the better. But always line them if they've got a lot of slots in. Otherwise, you'll find compost running everywhere and the nutrients will run out. So so line them with... I, I use, reuse, recycle. I mean, everything here is recycled. Um, 
I recycle compost bags. I turn them inside out so they don't look quite so unsightly with, um, you know, they're looking black. And I, I get a penknife and just slash a few holes in the bottom of them and then put my compost and stuff in. And that retains the, the nutrients and the, uh, and the moisture. Then next to that on the right, um, I've got uh, some lovely kales, actually, which I'm looking forward to. They're an experiment. Uh, again, they're called German uh, red palm kale. And again, they're from Klaus Slatenberger green vegetable seeds. And they're looking lovely. And they're supposed to be perennial, semi-perennial. So I won't have to keep planting them. You know, I can just cut them back. I can take a few cuttings from them. Uh, I can keep taking kale for salads. or uh, And they grow about six or so feet tall, I think, eventually. You know something? Long. It's fantastic. <clears throat> and for anybody, again, listening today, if you live in a, an apartment, as Nikki said, with restricted space, or you have a tiny garden, or if you are incapacitated in any way, these benches allow you garden to the full. What a selection you have. And it just shows you there's no keeping a great woman down. That's for sure. And Nikki <laughs> Kyle. Stop me. <laughs> Nikki Kyle epitomizes that. Before we finish today, in general terms for our listeners, which you do with us on a monthly basis, we're at the very beginning of June now. What to sow now? You can sow anything, but I would say, and I hate to talk about winter, but if you want uh, sprouting broccoli, sprouts, uh, Brussels sprouts, things like that for the winter, sow them now. Don't delay. Um, You know, but you can sow anything else. I mean, pumpkins, courgettes, melons. I'm trying a new watermelon this year. It'll be fun. Anything. You know, they're very fast growing. Um, chards, leaves. I mean, the most healthy thing you can grow uh, to eat every day if you're growing on this small scale is these lettuce, um, which uh, you can pick every day, open leaf lettuce. Uh, but any lettuce, basically, you could pick a leaf at a time. But I wouldn't grow butterheads in these because they take up too much room. The leaves are too soft, uh, you know, and, and they're not very useful. But these are brilliant. You can use them anything. I have a lovely Caesar salad nearly every day no. with these. Beautiful, beautiful. And again, the run of the mill stuff like carrots, peas, uh, cobra, the climbing bean, all those. Get yeah, them in there. Yeah. Cobra is absolutely brilliant. I, I again, sowed it in tubs this year for a change. Uh, and it's the best, most disease resistant bean. I've trialed it with others and the others aren't nearly as good. It's an absolutely brilliant bean. Um, and uh, cedarholic.com have it. Uh, on there. And that's a very good website, actually. They sell a lot of organic. And they're Irish. They're in the West of Ireland. Uh, and they sell a lot of uh, organic seed. Do you know what? I know now what I've been missing <laughs> for the last number of years. A conversation in person with you here in the Knoll. So keep an eye out, NikkiKyleGardening.com, because very soon you'll be able to see, read and learn what this is all about. But of course, she's so good to us on LMFM's Late Lunch. She gives us the preview before she puts it up <laughs> on social media. But it will be there soon. Yeah, it absolutely will. Uh, happy gardening, folks. and Have a wonderful summer. Thank you, Nikki. It's been great. It's a pleasure, Jerry. You're very welcome. Hours to Protect is funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee and is a partnership between LMFM and the IBI. Check out hours to protect.ie for more information. You do know, you listen to us regularly on Late Lunch, that really hedge cutting is not on between the 1st of March and the 31st of August. But believe it or not, I was talking to somebody just the other day who was telling me they were out and about and they saw somebody milling hedges, cutting them at this time of the year. I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. We're going to talk about it for the next while with Jennifer Lynch. She's the Louth Conservation Ranger with the National Parks and Wildlife Service. Jennifer, thank you for joining me on the show today 
Thanks for having me on, Jerry. You're very welcome. Is that unusual what I mentioned a moment ago to get reports of people actually hedge cutting when they really, really shouldn't be? Yes, we do. We're very kept very busy with reports of hedge cutting during this restricted period from the 1st of March to the 31st of August. And it's our part of our remit is to investigate all these reports of potentially illegal hedge cutting during this restricted period. What's restricted? Cutting? What else? So cutting, uh, grubbing, burning, pretty much any destruction of vegetation which is growing in a hedge or a ditch. So grubbing relates to the complete removal of a hedgerow. So this would, would feature very highly on our list of priorities. Um, while cutting with a flail or a chainsaw, anything that would destroy the vegetation growing in the hedge or the ditch. There's obviously exceptions to the rules. What are they? Yeah, there are a number of ex- exceptions, or we call them provisions, under Section 40 of the Wildlife Act. Um, I won't go through them all, but I'll give you a, a flavour of some of them. The clearance of vegetation that might relate to the construction of a road or the construction of any building, actually, is, is effectively provided for within the legislation. And there's another provision that's called under the ordinary course of agriculture. And agriculture is seen in the legislation also to include horticulture which relates to gardening then. So, for example, if you regularly trim your hedges um, around the edge of your garden every year, maybe once or twice during the summer, within the breeding season, the bird nesting season, then this would be would be seen as a provision or an exception under the Wildlife Act. Then there's also a section that relates to the Roads Act, um, which puts a responsibility on the landowner to take responsible steps to um, ensure that trees or hedges or shrubs don't cause a hazard or a potential hazard to anyone using a public road. Um, so all the reports we get of hedge cutting, it's not black and white. It's, there's no, not all hedge cutting activity is illegal or is an offence under the Wildlife Act. Do people ever use the exceptions to try and cover their tracks, so to speak? You know, that they know they're probably in the wrong or they are in the wrong and yet try to quote those exceptions you mentioned there. That's a really good question, Jerry. As part of our investigation process, we do interview those responsible for the hedge cutting and it's our job is to try and determine the intent or the, the why behind the, these actions that were taken. Um, a certain amount of uh, practicality or you know understanding of the situation is required. So, for example, if, if I'm visiting a section of road and I can clearly see it's a bad blind bend or it's a section of hedge next to, for example, a gate into a field, into a, a crop field, and the farmer is required to bring his combine harvester in and out of that field during that period. And he's cut back, let's say, 10 or 20 metres either side of the gate so he can clearly see the road and go in and out. So the people involved may come with these, let's say, excuses, but it's part of our job is to to see if they fit, if they fit into um, the legislation and the situation that we're in. People will say, you know, the legislation is there. Have there been any cases, even in recent times, taken by yourself? This year we took two cases in March in the district courts in County Loud. So it was one case in Drogheda and one case in Dundalk. In both cases, those involved, both the landowners and the tenant farmers, so the person leasing the lands, they pleaded guilty to the acts that they were um accused of doing so related to the destruction of vegetation in a hedgerows some related to complete removal so grubbing out of hedges um, and some related to the cutting back of the hedges and the judge in question she found them guilty and fined those involved could the fines be heavier the fines could be absolutely um it varies across the country so these offenses um are seen as a class a fine so it's up to five thousand euros that a person could be fined for each 
offence or each summons they're brought against them. It, it depends on the judge in question how, how seriously they, they view these offences and also the severity. So the difference between 200 metres of hedgerow being removed versus kilometres or, or, you know, a lot mm. more extensive works. Um, but we do also liaise with the Department of Agriculture. So we are required under our, our regulations to report any um, out-of-season hedge cutting to the Department of Agriculture and they can take their own actions and effectively cross-comply these farmers, which can result in a reduction, quite a severe reduction in their basic payments. So although the fines in the courts may be quite minimal at times, um, this can cost landowners and farmers in other ways too. It goes without saying that hedgerows are so important to biodiversity. That can't be understated. And at this time when it's prohibited, 1st of March to the 31st of August, especially for bird life, but there are other animals living in the hedgerows as well. I know, Jerry, that you're interested in bees. So I know people are more aware of, of birds and they can understand the birds nesting in there and the physical destruction of a hedgerow and, and the baby birds that are so vulnerable in those nests. There's so little native woodland left in this country and the hedgerows are the last remnants of those with their native species are oak or ash or hawthorn white thorn black thorn so what's left there is these hedgerows they provide shelter that you mentioned whether it be a nest site for a bird but also um, bees will nest in in the hedges as well a lot of our bees will nest on the ground in little holes at the base of the hedge where they're not disturbed where it's quite sheltered that there's no wind um, and and these hedgerows if they're if there's a good species rich, like a diversity in those hedgerows, they will have food. The bees, for example, will have food from potentially February through to October, November. Um, with If there's a variety of plants flowering, nectar, pollen for them. And the birds as well rely on those berries. So those hawthorns, those sloes, the bramble berries that come through later on. Without these, you have this huge hungry gap and the birds, the birds will, will not survive in the landscape or, or the bees either or lots of insects and mammals that rely on these food sources so they are absolutely essential to the biodiversity in our in our landscape and as i know and i keep telling listeners without bees life on earth is absolutely under threat that is for sure and i'm glad you brought that up and mentioned it in particular so to finish off today you know again to emphasize first of march the 31st of august restrictions on cutting grubbing burning or destruction of vegetation in hedgerows or ditches that is the law if somebody listening to us today spots hedges being cut or this type of activity what should they do well they have a few options they can report the activity to the national parks and wildlife service so we have an email address natureconservation at npws.gov.ie we also have a phone number that you can pick up on our website so it'll direct you to the relevant regional office um so we ask people to send as much information as they can but the the particular information we really need is the location and the time and the date when when they observe this activity taking place and then we can follow up on this and we do like if people if people are willing just to give us their phone number and their name so we can follow up and we can um if i can't find it for example if i'm not familiar with the townland or if i'm not if i if i'm driving around and i cannot figure out where this report has come from it's useful for me to be able to contact them if they can't get through to national parks or, or if, if they would if they have a contact in the local guard station they can also report it there um the guards are authorized under our legislation as well and they do take cases actually there was a case this week in the dundalk district court where um, a member of the guard the shia took a case relating to hedge cutting and um, so they can also take cases on this
Good to know. So no excuse wherever you live this afternoon in Louth or Mead or beyond. Do report if you see this activity, which is so destructive. Jennifer Lynch, Loud Conservation Ranger with the National Parks and Wildlife Service. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You've been so informative and I wish you well with your work. Thank you very much, Jerry. Hours to Protect is funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee and is a partnership between LMFM and the IBI. Check out hours to protect.ie for more information. John was listening to Mick Finnegan top of the show about road safety and picked up on a point Mick made. He says, I've just been driving on the North Strand in Drogheda. Uh, the car behind me came out and passed me at speed. But when we arrived at the lights, there he was just in front of me, says John. And that sums it up at times. Uh, more haste, the less speed. Isn't that what it says, the old saying? It really does. Have you spotted a knotter lately? We love our wildlife on late lunch. Thanks to our route who uh, brought it to my attention, the National Parks and Wildlife Life Service want to really get a handle on otters in Ireland. And you can help too. If there's a otter in your vicinity, have you seen them on a river, a lake, a pond or any waterway near you? They want to hear from you. And it's quite simple, really. You uh, log on to biodiversityireland.ie forward slash surveys forward slash national otter survey. You'll see it there. Go on to biodiversity.ireland.ie and look for otters there and you'll find all the information. But if you've seen an otter in your area, please let them know. They want to put together a more comprehensive picture. They're wonderful creatures, aren't they? I remember walking the Boyne a couple of years back in the springtime of the year. It was a wild day, myself and ourselves, and we're going up towards Oldbridge on that lovely walkway and looked out to the Ryden River and there it was, an otter and it paw poison on the river and came over towards us as well. It's a magical sight. So if you've seen otters, please do help with that wonderful survey. It would be appreciated. Say hello this afternoon to my good friend Eddie Joyce. He was listening to her too on Tuesday and just wanted to point out to me, here's an interesting stat. The same week as Bewitched were number one on the singles chart in the UK, the boys' own album, Where We Belong, was number one. And it's the uh, one time in, and the first time in history that Irish acts were number one on both UK charts, the singles and the albums. Thanks indeed for that, Eddie. Do appreciate it. He's a wonderful man when it comes to knowledge of music. He really, really is. And uh, speaking about music, let's do this now on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two... One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number four from this very week in the year of our Lord, 1987. And I think the title of the song sums up an awful lot of people in life. Think about it. Ponder uh, who you are, where you are in this life, the short life of ours. And you'll understand what I mean. Yes, the number four from this week in 1987. It's you two with a cracker. Yes, our number four this week in 1987, you too, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I want to dedicate that one to the wonderful Rose Healy, because obviously Rose hasn't found what she's looking for yet, because she just completed her 40th mini marathon on Sunday. Congratulations, Rose. Wonderful achievement. And Rose herself wants to thank 
everybody who sponsored her. All her, her money raised, all the money she's raised from this particular mini marathon is going to St. Luke's Hospital in Dublin. Wonderful, wonderful Rose. Well done to you. Congratulations. You look a million dollars. She's entered in the picture here. And what a wonderful day and wonderful time. Over 20,000 women did it. Congratulations to one and all who completed it. But Rose... 41. That's why I say you haven't found what you're looking for. 41 on the way next year, I'm sure, Rose. Well done to you and all concerned. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio after the short break. We're going to take now, stay with us, a scam like no other. It really sounded like the genuine thing. Neve Burke's going to tell us her story. Neve Burke is a nutritionist based in Galway, but she has a story that is a warning to all of us. Neve, thanks for joining me on Late Lunch today. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Not at all. Anyway, take us to this. Was it a phone call you got? Oh, yeah. I got a phone call and I got a, such a shock because I had so much information about me. I really thought it was legit. So I got a call um, and it was from a landline number. And the guy on the phone was um, had obviously my phone number. He had my um, postal address. And he had the last four digits of my card and he said he was from AIB and um, he was asking me did I try to pay for a transaction online this morning for €2,000. And, I, I, you know, I was very sceptical so I did Google the number straight away because my laptop was open luckily. But it's, AIB came up, well, yes, it was an AIB number so I was like, oh my God, my card has been compromised and, um, you know, I said to him, like, should I cancel my card? And he said... Um, I'll just have to put you through to an, an encrypted line now and you can enter your um, internet phone banking details and I can order you a new card. So, yeah, so that's what he did. And I was believing everything. But thank God, as I was entering the number, I just thought to myself, you know what, there'd be absolutely no harm now hanging up and ringing AIB back again because if I'm unsure at all, a few minutes more ordering a card is not going to make a difference. Yes. And, you know, my gut was kind of saying to me, hmm... This is a bit strange. So, but just because I googled it, it was an AIB number. They had all my information, all my banking information, and um, I hung up anyway. And the, the the number kept trying to ring me back. So, so anyway, I rang back to AIB and they said, "Thank God you didn't give your login details." God Almighty! Now this really worries me and concerns me because everything you say there would point to it being a genuine AIB call, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Um, now, you know, I've rang AIB a few times and I have to say, more often than not, you do get through to um, an Irish p- provider or um, even European. Now, this guy didn't sound European. That's all I can say. He had a kind okay. of strange accent that mm. um, that I hadn't heard before. Um, I, you know, I was a bit suspicious um, when he wanted me to put all my full details into the phone as well. Um, and I was just kind of going, well, I was going along with it straight away, mm. but then I just said to myself, you know, sure I can ring back, can't he do the same thing when I ring AIB, you know, when I actually ring the number myself, so that's yes. what I did. And then I actually shared it on my Facebook page because I think mostly, like, older people are very vulnerable to this kind of yes. uh, crack, and I, I wanted to share it so it didn't happen to anybody else because, like, the lady on the bank said to me, they would have cleared out all your accounts if they had your phone bank and details, you know? Wow, so you were that close to actually being scammed. Uh, yeah. in, in, and, you know, you're on the ball, you're a businesswoman, you're bright. Obviously, something... that You see that thing you said to me? You see that gut? 
that yeah. gut feeling. Thank God for it because it made you just stop. I I, I don't want to even think about what it would have happened, how much they'd have got had you gone through it and given them that number. But what worries me is they had the digits from your card, all your details, your address, yeah. the number they gave you was uh, the number you looked at was a genuine AIB number as well. This is getting very close to the bone now. This would be one that would fool the majority, I'd say, Neve. Yeah, you can, um, like, you, there's some way of um, hiding your number and falsifying it. Um, but I asked the bank and lady, I was like, how did they get all my details? And she said, well, what usually happens in that case scenario is that somebody has hacked some um, company that I use, maybe ordering something online where I had to enter my address, mm. enter um, my car details. And she said the car details have been protected by the last four digits, you know. So um, that's how they got them. Um, and he just seemed to know so much. And like, of course, I have a heart attack because he said to me, and somebody was trying to um, buy something for 2,000 euros on Airbnb. Um, and I was like, God, my card has been compromised. Like, I need to cancel it as fast as I can. It panic people and I think when you're yeah. panicked then you don't make a good choice. No you don't and uh, when you get a call like that that appears so genuine. Did AIB, were AIB familiar with this? Did they come across, I would take it they were very familiar with this? Yeah like she knew exactly she just said thank God they're getting calls like this every every day like now these days. Mm. See there's unscrupulous people and uh, that's the, what they're at full time here. That's how crooked they are they're just trying to uh, take money from innocent people in any way they can and you just happen to be one of those who, who who was aware of it I'm delighted you picked up you stopped and picked up the phone and rang the bank and stopped this in its tracks and it's interesting you say he was ringing 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 back to you yeah, trying to, you know, because he, I, I say he thought I was sucked in. I was. I was like, oh my god, we, we need to cancel my card. And then he said, oh, you'll just have to enter your details. Um, I'm going to put you through to an encrypted line. And you know, sometimes on AIB, you know, if you do ring them, they ask you to enter your your um, internet banking details before you get through to a customer advisor. So I kind of was like, okay. But then I remembered they always say never give your details over the phone to anybody who rings you. you never. Know? Never, never, never do that. And that is the message today. Never. Don't ever do that or else you're in real trouble. Um, Just one point you made on the accents. You see, the funny thing today is an accent can be from any part of the world working in a call centre or a help centre or on a support line for financial institutions as well. So you could easily have, uh, you know, not taken that into consideration. But that was oh, another thing. Irish people as yeah. well, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, it could be any accent from anywhere in the world. But that raised a red flag with you too. Well, good on you. Good on you, young woman, that you, uh, you stopped. Oh, thanks, Jerry. And I'm glad, yeah. like, you know, oh, if we can raise awareness. Yes, that's it. Honest to God, imagine the stress somebody will go through if they're, you know, especially if somebody's older and they have their life savings in the bank. God, it bears. It doesn't bear thinking about what could actually happen and how someone could fall for an absolute catastrophe in their life that somebody would get in there and they wouldn't stop till they'd fleece you. That is yeah. for sure. Anyway, uh, I'd say you enjoyed your dinner being a nutritionist and your food after <laughs> avoiding this one. I did. I had it out in the sunshine today. Thank <laughs> God for beautiful weather. Indeed, and you had. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us and telling the story because it applies universally across the board. And do uh, beware. Bank, bank online, of course, is great. Banking online, but do beware. Thank you yeah. for taking our call, Neve. I appreciate Thanks, it. Bye. Take care. Bye. That's Neve Burke there talking to us. She's a nutritionist, a bright young woman, and almost 
almost scammed by the scammers. Remember, never give your details. Never give that precious number out online at all. And look how near that was to happening. A genuine AIB number ringing from, it looked like, uh, and all her personal details. Be careful. That is the message today we leave you with. Be very, very careful. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We're saying goodbye to you this afternoon. Thanks for your company over the last couple of hours. We'll be back midweek Wednesday. Isn't it great, the bank holiday weekend? To begin it all again tomorrow at 1.30. Eddie Caffrey standing by to come to you now at The Drive and more besides. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely evening. Enjoy the sunshine. I'm sure the cloud is lifted by this stage wherever you are. And do come back and join us on Wednesday afternoon for your late lunch. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.